You doing good? I hope you are. And uh, uh, what a beautiful weekend we're having. I'm enjoying this so much. I hope hope you are. I, I'm so happy for some of you who were baptized uh, yesterday at Horse Tooth. How many of you were, were up there? Just wave your hand at me. Good. In the South Auditorium, those of you that were there, we had so much fun up there. It was a perfect day. And I think, I don't know exactly the number. I think there were over 100 on the list, but it seemed like about 70-some, they said. 76, I think I heard that number, that were actually baptized. And, and we, we got them all out of the water. They're safe. Everyone's alive. And, and it was just a wonderful event and a celebration. You guys, people's lives are changed by God. And it's so fun to be a part of that stuff. Well, we're going to dive in today. I want to just ask you a question. I want you to think about this. Um, do you ever or have you ever, can you recall in your mind, a time in which you actually showed mercy to someone who absolutely didn't deserve it. Can you just recall a time where you just decided, I'm going to be merciful, and even though they didn't deserve it? Just, just in your mind, think about that for a second. It's sort of a trick question. I'm not trying to make it a trick question, but it, it kind of is, just because of what the nature of mercy is. You actually can't show mercy... To someone who deserves it. Mercy is an act of kindness given to someone who doesn't deserve it. That's why it's called mercy. And, and as we talk about that today, I'm continuing the series. Pastor Jeff last weekend did a great job talking about the fruit of the Spirit and how we are led by the Spirit. And, and this series, it just, we just keep adding on to it beyond you. And the idea of uh, the Spirit is, is beyond us. It's inside of us, and it leads us to places we can't go on our own. And so I'm going to put a couple more sermons, this one and next weekend, uh, into this series. And today we're talking about mer- being a person of mercy and what that takes and the challenges of it. Defined, it says this, um, compassion or forgiveness shown towards someone whom it is within one's power to punish or harm. So it's kind of like you you have the upper edge. When received, it prevents something unpleasant or provides relief from suffering. I, you know, if you've ever been in a position where you finally can get even with somebody, <laughs> isn't that a great position where vengeance, it's like the movie. You know, so many movies are totally built around that last scene. And the last scene, you just can't stand this person and they're, you know, something happens and they're like pinned up against the wall, vulnerable. And the good guy comes in and you just know he's going to take them apart limb by limb. Can you imagine in a movie like that if they walked over and said, you know, I've been thinking about this and I'm, I'm going to show you mercy today. It would ruin the movie. Because we are so geared to look forward to that moment when they get what's coming, right? And I'm reminded of that in the sense of how, how our lives are right now is that We are up against the wall. It's done and we're dead. And Jesus says, I'm going to show mercy. Matter of fact, I'm going to take your place. So we have received mercy. Would you agree? As we have received it, what about offering that? What about giving that? Now, there is a tension in this whole thing about consequences versus mercy. Because sometimes I learn more from consequences in my life than I do if I was just always offered mercy. 
I, uh, you know, traffic is a great example. We use a lot of illustrations because it's a daily thing for most of us in driving. And right now in Fort Collins, there's tons of, uh, of places where they're working on the roads. And, and there's this one particular place that I drive pretty much every day. And uh, it says, you know, right lane closed ahead and merge left. And so you see people navigating, trying to get over and, and being very kind. And, you know, if someone's going slow and you can get in the spot in front of them, I'm going to understand what I'm saying. It's okay. It's okay. But there is a point in which you're all lined up and you're doing a good job and everybody's fair. And then there's this one person who just is like catapulted from the back of the line. They just come rolling right up beside you as if to say, I didn't know about the sign. I don't know why you guys are all over here. And they go clear up to the front. And you're just pushing the cars in front of you to just close the gaps. It's like dominoes. And you're just and you're looking and you're watching and you're seeing. And they get all the way up there and they find a nice, merciful person. And the person backs up and lets them in. And it's horrible because then you know they will never learn the lesson that they are supposed to learn. Amen? (laughs) That's right. That's right. (laughs) Then I... I looked, this was a couple of weeks ago, I saw this very thing happen. I looked up and they were in a truck and I, the person who let them in, I saw the Timberline cross right on the back. I was so embarrassed. That, see, that's why Bonnie will not let me put one of those crosses on my car right there. I, I, I'm not that merciful. There, there is a, there is something very real. So it, it is, a, it is a question: Do I learn more from judgment and consequence than I do from mercy? It's like when you're raising your kids, and I think it's interesting that uh, sometimes judgment or discipline is probably a better word. Discipline on the front end is almost like offering mercy later in life, because if, if you develop habits, if kids are taught those right principles, then they can cope a lot better um, as they get into adulthood. And so it's a, it's a powerful thing. I think of Joseph. This sermon could, I almost built it around him because, because he's a guy who had the chance. He had the trump card. His brothers sold him into slavery. And now they're, he's second in command now, all these years later, and they're standing before him. He knows it's them. They don't know it's Joseph. And he could have just pulled the plug and said, ha, ha, remember me, boys? But he offered mercy. I think it's somewhere in here. His mercies endure. How long? Forever. His mercies endure forever. How can that be? So I'm not trying to say there should never be consequence. I, I know better than that. But I do think that discipline offered in love is a wonderful thing. But there are times in my life when I'm going to need mercy that I do not deserve. And I probably shouldn't get it. Just like God has offered. So in that sense, am I someone who can offer mercy? These tensions exist. You've heard the phrase, tough love. You know, right now we're just in the tough love phase. What does that mean? It's real. It means that someone has to suffer the consequences of their behavior. And you can't just bail them out. 
And, and I understand that, and there's truth in that. But is there a moment, here's what I want you to hear, is there a moment in our lives when the Holy Spirit in us can randomly give us discernment about a person who doesn't deserve it, but we are the one who needs to show them mercy in this moment, in this setting, for right now? Because no one else will. Brooke, our youngest daughter, came home a while. She lives in California now, but she, this was a few months ago, she came home and she said, Dad, I, I can't remember if she either bought a, a sandwich or gave the person money. She was coming off the interstate and, and there's some holding a sign there, need food, jobless, whatever. And uh, she said, it was an interesting thing. She said, I, I handed them, it was either the money or the food, and they were very grateful. And, and I said, well, how did you feel about that? What made you do that? And she said, I, I, just, I just felt sorry for them. I just felt compassion. It just seemed like it was so tough. And I, so I thought, I need to at least make her aware that, that and, and I started explaining why sometimes that's not always the best idea. That, that, and the more I talked, I sounded horrible. I mean, I sounded like this mean guy who has no heart, no compassion. She's looking at me like, Dad. And I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm glad you did that. Honey, I do that all the time when I see him. I, I'm like, it's tough, isn't it? Because is it possible that we can become so calloused that we just make the assumption that, oh, well, you know, all they're going to do is go waste that on alcohol or drugs or something when we don't even know their story? Are we the people who, because of the Spirit of God in us, could actually learn how to discern from the Spirit those moments when we are to be quickened by the Spirit to offer mercy, grace, help when no one else might just because of the leading of God in our lives? I would propose we are. Propose that we are. And that's a challenge because we have to be listening. I don't want to be callous. Well, let me just read you a story. It's called the Good Samaritan. Ever heard of that? It's in Luke chapter 10, verse 30. Jesus replied with the story, A Jewish man was traveling on a trip from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he was attacked by bandits. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him up, and left him half dead beside the road. By chance, a priest came along, and when he saw the man lying there, he crossed to the other side of the road and passed him by. A temple assistant walked over and looked at him lying there, but he also passed by on the other side. And by the way, those two people were like the for sures of who should have stopped to help this man. That's why Jesus used them in the analogy. Then a despised Samaritan came along who never should help. And when he saw the man, he felt compassion for him. Going over to him, the Samaritan soothed his wounds with olive oil and wine and bandaged them. Then he put the man on his own donkey and he took him to an inn where he took care of him. The next day he handed uh, the innkeeper two silver coins telling him, take care of this man. If his bill runs higher than this, I will pay you next time I'm here. Now, which of these three would you say was a neighbor to the man who was attacked by the bandits? Jesus asked. The man replied, the one who showed him what? Mercy. The one who showed him mercy. Then Jesus said, yes, now go and do the same. It's an interesting story because Jesus uses the Samaritan as the one to help this Jewish man. And by the way, they didn't help each other. They didn't work together. There was serious prejudice here. And so Jesus pulls this analogy together to talk about mercy in a sense of when you don't expect it. 
And that's why I think it's a good springboard for us today. Number one, I know I have six points. I'll, I'll, I'll hurry. Number one, mercy is something that is given when not deserved. It's, it's given when just the nature of the definition of the word, it's given when it is not deserved. And why did Jesus tell this story about the Good Samaritan? Let me just point it out. Just before the passage that I just read to you, there's another passage. And it's dealing with the same story. Let me just read it because it leads into why Jesus told the story in Luke 10:25. One day an expert in religious law stood up to test Jesus by asking him a question. He was trying to trick him. Teacher, what should I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus replied, what does the law of Moses say? How do you read it? The man answered, you must love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all your strength, with all of your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. Right, Jesus told him, do this and you will live. The man wanted to justify his actions. And so he asked Jesus, well, who is my neighbor? In other words, um, who, who am I really responsible to love and care for and show mercy to? And Jesus says, let me tell you a story. And he tells the story of the Good Samaritan, meaning that Samaritans and Jewish people can get along. Even the Samaritans are your neighbors. That means that we are the people of God who cannot and should not be marked with prejudice in our lives, with pride. We instead are the people who should be marked with a sensitivity to showing mercy even when it is not deserved. That's what Jesus was getting at. That's why this story is a radical story. Number two, mercy is not earned. Mercy is not earned. Did the man in the story, did the Good Samaritan, um, or the, uh, the man who was beat up, do something to earn this kind of mercy? As far as we know, there's nothing that, that happened um, that the Samaritan would be compelled to come over and help him. It was the Samaritan's decision to help him. So you can't earn mercy. Um, there is one way the Bible talks about that you might be able to, to have mercy in your life. Does anyone know what it is? The one way you're probably going to obtain more mercy is to show more mercy. And that, that's really kind of what the, the, the Bible teaches is when you show mercy. Mercy begets mercy. Judgment begets judgment. And so we have to be careful in our lives. We can create our own grave or we can create our own uh, you know, mercy track and, and forgiveness where people help us. Um, the Bible simply says that this Samaritan, quote, felt compassion for him. Um, he wasn't paying him back for something nice he did. This is not, you know, you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. Mercy has nothing to do with that kind of a connection. That might, with kindness... But mercy is just helping someone. You might not even know this person. Number three, mercy is a decision of the will. It's a, it's, a, it's a willful moment when you say, I am going to act out something that is of mercy, even though I might not be obligated to or no one would expect me to. Um, did the Samaritan think he would profit from this action? There's nothing in the story that would indicate that. Like, oh, that's a rich Jewish man. I know. If I help him now, I'm going I'm to make it big later. No. It was simply an act of kindness and mercy. And we're in a culture that's not that merciful right now, depending on, on the situation you're in. Our culture is pretty big on saying, you deserve this, and, and you're going to get it, and you're going to pay for it. And there is a place for that. 
I'm not suggesting otherwise. I understand. But I want us to learn how to discern those moments when the Spirit wants us to offer mercy instead of what's expected. Because I don't think very many people are doing that. And I think it marks us as the people of God when we do that. And it's, it's interesting how we, how we show mercy to the people we want to. You know, have you, ever, have you ever seen parents that just let their kids go all over the place? You know, you're in a restaurant and they're leaning over the booth and pulling on your hair. And, and you're kind of like looking around and the parents are like, oh, aren't they cute? You know, they just love your long, thick hair. That's what they say to me all the time. I say, oh, yeah, they're, they're cute. Yeah, they're cute. They're about to be wounded, but they're cute. <laughs> Just kidding. It's a challenge when, it's a challenge when, when you know, same thing with grandparents or whatever, and they're in the living room, and, and you know, the kids are jumping on the couch or, or whatever, and you're thinking, and, and the parents are like, don't they jump well? See, it's just, it's this thing of mercy where you just don't see the, the, the fault. And, and so we have to be careful not to just offer that to certain people. But will we be the people of God that will somehow live with something in us that this becomes a behavior? It becomes a pattern in our thinking to, to go deeper with someone. Number four, mercy when received is humbling. It's very humbling to receive mercy when you don't deserve it. And you know you don't deserve it. Can you think of a time where, you know, you really had it coming and someone just act, actually just let you off the hook? You ever had a cop pull you over and you knew you were speeding and they just let you go? It won't happen in this town, I'll tell you that much right now. <laughs> I'm I know we have a lot of cops that go to this church, and a lot of them around here. So I had to just throw that in, all right? I had to throw it in. <clears throat> have you ever said something like, I was only going seven over or nine over? Isn't it like at ten that you start giving tickets? <laughs> it's terrible. <laughs> it's humbling when someone says, you know what? I know you're guilty. I know you did it. And I know what you deserve, but I'm not going to hold you to that. See, that's what Jesus did. And it's hard to do. And I don't know the times that I should or shouldn't. I just know that I want that trait, that quality in my life. And I want it to be directed by the Spirit. So that it's not just random. It's meaningful and it's deep. And I know the difference in those moments. And I want to know the difference. I'm hungry for that. It's humbling. And sometimes those acts of mercy in my life have changed my behavior much more than discipline would have because I was overwhelmed with the grace and I didn't want to be in that situation again. Number five, mercy is never to be expected. I have to just say this because sometimes in our lives, I I, I meet people all the time who just kind of trample on the grace of God. Oh, I know He'll forgive me. God forgives forever. His mercy endures forever. So let's go party. It's almost like there's no respect for the price that's paid for you to have mercy or forgiveness. And there's a huge price that has been paid. So much that it should sober us. 
to the place where we say, yes, I need God's mercy. Yes, I can't make it without it. But I'm not going to live in such a way that I just expect it. Come on, God. Because God doesn't owe us mercy. How many of you understand this? It's really important for us to not live a lifestyle that mocks God because we just know He's a merciful God. Because the Bible also has judgment in it. And and the day of judgment does come for all of us. And let's take mercy carefully. And let's pay attention to our life. And sixthly and lastly, offering mercy is from the God nature. It's really from the God nature in us. When you accept Christ, the Spirit of God abides in you. That's why why you can walk in the Spirit. And and this is a tricky one because... um, we have a tendency in our culture to to get some ideas about how to respond to certain situations and we don't even listen for the Spirit to help us. We don't even try to discern, God, what do you want for this specific situation? We just lash out and say what we always say. We just get in a habit or a routine and we just expect it. And these norms take over our life without stopping and saying, Lord, am I a reflection of what your Spirit is saying to me about this particular situation? And so I had this moment of, of, of even in my own personal life praying this week about, about these patterns in my own life and saying, God, what would it look like for me to get a little more invested in the people that, that I'm discerning need mercy? You know why Jesus was able to show mercy when others weren't? And I, I don't know. I just want you to think about this before we pray. Jesus was not afraid of the stories, the, the whole person. And the context that made them who they were at the moment he saw them. He's fully God on the earth. He knows their story. That He has an advantage. Would you agree? But the woman at the well. You think about this. God, Jesus is there having this conversation. He knows her history. Five husbands. Living with a guy she's not married to now. The woman caught in the act of adultery. They drag her out to Jesus. How humiliating. Jesus doesn't condemn her. He offers mercy. He sees her heart. He knows her history. It makes a difference, you guys. If you look beyond a behavioral moment in someone, if you could know their whole story. And I've been thinking about this a lot to say, God, would you help us? Would you help Timberliners and other Kingdom of God people in our community to be the people who will invest enough time and energy to know the story behind the action? Because sometimes when you know the story and you know the person and what they face, you offer a little more grace than you otherwise would have. Do you agree with that? Because you know. No wonder this kid acts like this. Do you know what their life is? No wonder they're behaving like that. Let's come around them. Let's help them. How can we offer mercy with our spirit and acts of kindness? That's why Jesus said to Zacchaeus, come down out of that tree. I'm going to your house. The people viewed Zacchaeus as a tax collector. He ripped people off. He was a thief. He took advantage of the system. And Jesus said, I know your history. And I can just say it today for you. He knows your history too. I wonder if you're one of those people that needs a little more mercy from God. Because you're climbing a pretty steep hill. God knows that. God knows that. I love this passage. In Psalm 23, you know it well, verse 6. It's part of that 23rd Psalm. Surely, goodness and what? Mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. You know what that means? That means goodness and mercy are in my path. 
I have been merciful. I have done good things. That's why it's in my path. That's how it gets there. You want to leave a legacy? Be a merciful person. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for your word today. Thank you for stories that surprise us. Thank you for the way you turn things around to to give us a new perspective that we wouldn't have doing normal, ordinary life. We need this. I need this. With heads bowed, I just I feel like praying for two or three things. First of all, just those of you that you would say, have mercy on me, Lord. You just, you're in need of mercy for something you're going through, you're facing. Maybe it's a you need mercy from a person, uh, someone maybe even in your family. It could be in a marriage. It could be a friendship. Maybe it is from God, but you just know you're in need of mercy today. Even though you might not deserve it, you just say, I, I just need mercy. Let me pray over you. Can I just pray over you? Hold your hand up. God bless you. I know we all need mercy, but there's some in these auditoriums who are in a situation that really need us to pray for them right now, okay? Lord, thank you for not always giving us what we deserve. And we do pray for favor on these lives, that lessons can be learned, that mercy can be accepted and received. And we petition you today to extend that mercy and grace for forgiveness. Even if we do have to face consequences in some other realm, let us know from you we are clean. Secondly, this is flipping the coin over pretty quick. How many of you need strength to show mercy right now to someone? You need discernment. You need wisdom on how to walk through this situation you're in right now. Hold up your hand. Okay, I want to pray over you. Lord, we need clarity in what to say, what to do, what not to say, what not to do. Help us not to just react from our human nature. Help us to control that human nature and to pray earnestly. Even in this moment, would you begin to enlighten us through your Spirit to respond properly. And even if it means that that person needs to face consequences, that's okay too. But help us not to be embittered by it or hateful by it. Show us how to be merciful in our thought processes and our desires. Lastly, I want to pray for those of you that might be just assuming on God's mercy all the time. You just... You're really taking it for granted and taking advantage of it, and you know it. And there's a sweet conviction in your heart today that says, you know what, I do love you, as the Lord says to you. I do love you. And and I do want your behavior to be in line with the Word of God. I want you to have accountability in your life so that these things can, can change. Anyone want to just respond to that to say, I'm taking advantage of that mercy from God. I, I need to change some things. God bless you guys. Lord, help us in this moment to accept responsibility for who we are and who we've become and to throw ourselves on you, (laughs) pleading with you and taking us further to the step and the places you want to take us. For your glory, Lord, we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Love you guys. Really thankful for you and who you're becoming. Together we're learning. What a journey we're in. Ushers come right now. We're going to continue our worship of God through giving, through offering, tangible offerings to the Lord. If you're a guest at Timberline, we don't expect you to give in this offering. Just be our guest. This would be the time to drop your communication card in. And also, for those of you that would be willing to at least 
consider opening your home for a small group and facilitating it, go ahead and fill out one of those cards and drop it in the offering as it goes by. And for each of you who are giving in this offering, thank you for your commitment, not just to give to Timberline, but to give through Timberline. God bless you in that. Lord, thank you for the opportunities we have to make a difference as a church in our community and around the world. And just for all the, all the blessings that you have put up on us and the responsibilities that we, we carry. Thank you for people who are investing in Timberline to make a difference. We ask your grace to be rest upon this offering, Lord. Let us use it in a way that glorifies your name. In your name we pray. Amen. Lord, it's so true as we sing that song talking about how we can sing about your love. But we want to take it even a step farther than that today. We want to take that love to our neighbor. Those people that would not expect kindness or grace from us or mercy from us. Show us how to be your hands extended this week. And give us discerning moments with people who need a moment of mercy from someone who knows you. And may we hear stories of that that random moment when the Spirit speaks to our hearts and it changes our day and it certainly changes someone else's day because you have crossed our path with someone who needed mercy. Let us be that. In your mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. Our prayer team is going to be up here in both auditoriums, so come on up if you want to pray with someone. Otherwise, lots of tables in the mall. Go find out about stuff. Thanks for being at Timberline. God bless you.